0: Yeah, but of us with John the Baptist. Shortly after, the messenger from God came to Mary and said to her, you have received a calling from God. You have been chosen, you have been chosen to give birth to God breaking into human history in a new way. Will you accept your call? Mary struggled, according to Luke. Mary struggled. She struggled with fear. She struggled with doubt. And then, and the Beatles got this right. Then she said, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. And she was willing to give birth to the word of God in human history. she then realized that she needed to talk with someone about the decision she had made and who would fully understand her? Her cousin, old Elizabeth. So Mary decides to go visit Elizabeth. Now, that seems like a simple decision in Luke's Gospel, but according to Luke, Mary lived in Nazareth, and Elizabeth lived in the Judean hill country. That's only 80 miles away. But most likely, Mary had to walk. But she was concerned about the well-being of a child. She was willing to walk. Mothers today are willing to walk. Mothers today are willing to walk. doing that another thing and this is critical to the story I believe another thing that Mary and Elizabeth shared was that they both knew the world of the shamed woman the world of the shamed woman Elizabeth had not been able to give birth for many years, many years. And in the culture in which she lived, women were blamed for not having children. Some sin they had committed, some secret fault. Maybe they had not been obedient enough to their husband. Something had happened. First century, it seemed like almost every fault was blamed on the woman. But Elizabeth would have had to have internalized that. She knew that reality. But in her old age, God had come to her. And even though her husband, Zechariah, didn't believe it at first, the messenger of God said she would give birth to the great prophet John the Baptist but Elizabeth all her adult life had known shame Mary had now entered the world of the unwed mother to be shame shame so she goes to visit Elizabeth. They both knew that reality of the shamed world, the world in which women were stoned to death for committing adultery, and sometimes as they were dying, watched the man who had been involved with them among those throwing the stones. Mary could have been stoned to death legally. They knew the world of the shamed woman who would report the Sexual Abuse Act and be told that it was her fault because of the way she was dressed and she should simply be quiet. They would know the world of the shamed woman, but when she raised the question, about why she was not paid an equal salary for doing the same work as her male co-worker did, was told it was because she had to leave too often to go pick up her sick child and take it to the doctor. And she should be happy just to have a job. Mary, Mary, So Mary goes to talk with Elizabeth. She doesn't want to talk just about lower back pain and morning sickness. She wants to know how you deal with the world of the shamed woman. What Mary is to discover in the present is that Mary and Elizabeth are not the only two who know the reality of the world of the shamed woman. God also knows that world. And what Luke wants you to know is that when God decides to act in human history in a decisive way, God moves. The shamed women to front and center and says, If you want to know how salvation is occurring in human history, you got to listen to them. You got to hear what they have to say because I have a preference for the outcast and the shamed. When Mary arrives at Elizabeth's house, she is not greeted with shame, but with grace. Luke tells us that Mary walks into the house, and that the baby that's in the womb of Elizabeth jumps for joy. Well, now what Luke wants you to know is that John the Baptist is already at work. <laughs> He's already at work pointing toward Jesus. Mary says hello to her cousin. And then not with shame, but with blessing. Elizabeth becomes a sort of a preacher. And the first three Beatitudes, blessings, in the New Testament are pronounced by Elizabeth. She looks at Mary and she says, Blessed are you, you incredible child of God hallelujah that you were even born. And then she says, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed is the word being made flesh. And then she says, blessed are you, my wonderful child. Blessed are you for being willing to allow God's will to be done in you, you know, uh, very often, too often, perhaps, we don't look very carefully at the interrelatedness, the interwovenness of motherhood and ministry. Jesus would late in his ministry on the night before he was betrayed say to his disciples this is my body which is given for you and this is the part we forget that 33 years before Mary had said this is my body I give it I will bear this child for nine months. I will go through the labor pains. I will go through the birthing process. I will feed this baby with my own body. I will get up in the middle of the night with this baby. And I am willing to bear the stretch marks for the rest of my life. What greater love? What greater love than to lay down oneself for the other. What greater love than to say, Take who I am and let your will be done. You know, we also often forget that the primary model for discipleship in the New Testament is not so much Peter or Paul, it's Mary. Mary. If you want to know what it is to be a faithful disciple, look at her. Look at her. And then, and then Mary also has another incredible insight. She realizes that if you are addressed by God and given a vocation, that that vocation has an ethical assignment. And so right in the presence of old Elizabeth, she says, or maybe just as the choir did this morning, she sang what we call the Magnificat. Now Mary Mary was a bright young woman. She lived in occupied Palestine, and she had to have known the implications of what she was saying. And she said, the Redeemer who is coming, The Redeemer who is coming will do the following. He will cast down the mighty and lift up the lowly. The Redeemer who is coming will fill the hungry with good things and the rich he will send away empty. Now that could not have gone over very well with the Roman occupying forces. and Mary had to know that. Some years ago, when I worked in the Dominican Republic, in a very difficult time, a very oppressive time, the neighborhood in which I operated, government-sponsored death squads regularly killed people who were opposed to the government or who were even suspected of being opposed to the government. Very often, people with whom I work were killed and left at my office door. One Christmas, I wrote an editorial for one of the leading newspapers in Santo Domingo, La Nacion. The editorial was on the Magnificat. And as I reflected on the Magnificat, I said that if you were going to be a follower of Jesus and listen to Mary, then one of the requirements of discipleship was that you always had to be asking who are the mighty that need to be thrown down and who are the lowly that need to be lifted up. And the president of the Dominican Republic thought I was talking about him. And so a few months later, he he arranged to have me arrested and briefly imprisoned then when I was released under international pressure was given 24 hours to get out of the country or be shot. In the 1980s, the president of Guatemala outlawed the reading of the Magnificat in public. Rios Mon, a born-again Christian outlawed the reading of the Magnificat in public. The words of Mary describing the mission of Jesus were powerful words. Words that call us to ethical action in the society in which we live. As we approach Christmas, as we approach Christmas, we are called to remember these two shamed women. We are called to remember Mary and Elizabeth. We are called to thank God for this conversation that we've been given between these two women. And we've called to stop for a moment of simply dreaming for a white Christmas Shopping until we drop. And ask ourselves: do we see God in the chained women of our world today? Do we see God in those mothers who have walked from El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala? who have seen 15,000 of their children put in what are prison conditions without permanent water or electricity on our southern border, which I visited two weeks ago. Mary calls us not just to see God in her baby, but in every baby. Mary calls us not to see God just in her child, but in every child, including the 85,000 who died in Yemen, in large part because of our foreign policy. Look around. Look around at the women who are not believed, who are shamed. Do we hear their voices? Do we hear their voices? Do we realize that God longs for us to hear those voices? Mary said that God would raise up the lowly. And she was right. Because this simple, unwed Jewish young woman moves from being a shamed outcast to becoming the most important person, most important woman in human history. theological language we say she is the queen of heaven and every day during this Christmas season we should at least once say blessed are you among women blessed is the fruit of your womb Holy Mary pray for us Let there be peace among us, and let us never be instruments of our own or anyone else's oppression.